goodness draws me to your side your mercy calls me to be like you your favor is my delight every day i'll awaken my praise and pour out a song from my heart you are good you are good you are good your mercy 
me to repentance Your goodness draws me to your side Your mercy calls me to be like you And God, your favor is my delight Man, well, I want to read to you from John chapter 15 this morning. Um, you may already know that's the vine and the branches. And I hope and pray that this is an encouragement to you. These are the words of Jesus in red. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is good news this morning, right? I'm reminded that a gardener is so faithful to care for its garden. And to think of our Father as a faithful gardener that longs to produce fruit in us and that is not abandoning us, is taking care of us to water us, to prune us as he sees fit. That is good, good news. I hope and pray you can sing this as your testimony that never once have we ever walked alone. Standing on this mountain top, looking just how far we've come, knowing that for every step you were with us Kneeling on this battleground Seeing just how much you've done Knowing every victory is your power in us Scars and struggles on the way But with joy our hearts can say Yes, our
O God, who on this day taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them to the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Okay. Hey, uh, let's celebrate. What do you say? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We actually have two things to celebrate today. Our graduates and Pentecost Sunday, right? So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But right now, let's, let's celebrate our graduates. Can I have our class of 2021 come up here and join me in front? Yeah, you can clap while they're coming up. You'll have plenty of opportunities to clap. Um, one, yeah, let's just like maybe half here, half here. This is awesome. All of our, our, I told our graduates they could come first service or second service, either one, and they all came first service. So second service is going to be really awkward when I address <laughs> the graduates that aren't here, but that's okay, that's okay. Uh, man, I was just, as we were singing that last song, the never once did God leave us on our own, and just thinking of our graduates, uh, God never left your side, and God never will leave your side. And I hope, man, if, if you can cling to that truth as you go on to greater things, then I think that's going to be significant. That was free. I wasn't planning to say that, but uh, that song reminded me of that. So, hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to, we're going to recognize each grad here. Just a reminder, we're going to recognize, we're going to give them a gift, and we're going to cheer and applause, and it's going to be awesome. But this is just the beginning. Just a reminder, as Amy said, as soon as we're done, as soon as I'm done preaching here, uh, you can go grab a, a pastry, a drink, um, and then we need to be back in here at 1010 sharp to start the tear-jerking um, slideshow video presentation, all right? So grab yourself a tissue, a napkin. Uh, I might hear some, some uh, sniffles already. It's good. It's going to be a good day. All right, so let's, uh, let's do this. All right, first up, we've got Gage Wilson. Gage, graduating from Fairbanks High School. And he is going to Mount Vernon Nazarene University, which is always a great choice. Uh, and he will be studying criminal justice. Sorry, i got to have my notes here. So, uh, Gage, congratulations, sir. There you go. Welcome. All right. Let's go over here. All right. Ethan Bates is graduating from Marysville. And Ethan will be going to The Ohio State University. And he's going to be studying engineering. So, Ethan. Congratulations, bud. There you go, man. All right, next we have Hannah Bates, also graduating from Marysville and also going to The Ohio State University, where she will be majoring in health sciences. Congratulations, Hannah. Proud of you. All right, let's see. Next, Brendan Baker. Brendan is, has, is graduating. You guys haven't had graduation yet. Marysville graduated yesterday. And uh, you guys are graduating Saturday from Fairbanks, and he's going to go to Ohio State Newark and majoring in, con hold on, where's that? There it is, construction systems management, right? All right. All right. Tucker Green from Fairbanks, and Tucker is going, man, I keep yelling into my mic here. Tucker is going to uh, work at a car dealership 
with the goal of eventually owning his own car dealer one day. So I'm just gonna put, yeah, I'm gonna put a shameless plug here. If anybody has connections at dealerships, this guy is gonna be awesome. Congrats, Suck. All right. Next we have Braylon Green. Braylon also graduating from Fairbanks. And Braylon is going to go to the US Naval Academy and uh, he is going to major in physical science. Awesome. Congratulations, sir. Okay. Next, Wyatt. Wyatt Miller. Wyatt graduating from Fairbanks. We have a lot of Fairbankians. Is that what you call yourself? Fairbank? All right, cool. Yeah, that's what you call yourself now. Uh, Wyatt is going to go to Muskingum and uh, not exercise in, study exercise science. He's not going to exercise in, ex he's going to study exercise science. Congratulations, man. Yeah, you got it. All right. Diego. Diego Shaw is graduating from Fairbanks as well, and he is going to go to my alma mater as well, Mount Vernon Nazarene University, and he is going to study business. Congrats, man. All right, and last, certainly not least, is Haley. Haley is graduating from Indian Lake. Today is graduation, right? Yeah, so, uh, and she's going to go to Mountain Bible College and study children's ministry and education, right? Awesome. Kentucky Mountain Bible College. Sorry, I forgot the Kentucky on my notes. I did. Congratulations. Hey, one more round of applause for these guys and girls. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Just a reminder, um, just a reminder, we have a website, uh, a page on our website dedicated to these guys, marysvillenazarene.org slash grads. If you go there, uh, graduation parties are starting today, and uh, that stuff is all listed on that website. You can check that out. Uh, they, they list their favorite candies and their, uh, their favorite restaurants, so hint, hint, you know, gift cards, candy, whatever. They would appreciate it, right? Right, guys? That's right, yeah. So, um, so make sure you check that out, and, uh, and that's going to be awesome. But before I let them have a seat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for them. Um, I'm going to invite you to pray for them as well. Um, man, I'm looking through here, and like we just have a lot of fun memories together. Uh, this, is, this is a great group, and uh, I'm not going to say too much because I'll start crying. So uh, you don't want that. But, uh, but I, love, I love this group, and they have been very special and uh, proud of them. So let's pray. <clears throat> God, thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that I have had to, uh, to get to know this group, to uh, pour into them, to invest in them, but most importantly, to point them to Jesus. God, I pray that as they go to whatever you have for them, that they would remember that you are by their side, that you are with them, you will never leave them, you will never forsake them. You're for them, you're not against them. God, I pray that we as the church, as Marysville Church of the Nazarene, that this wouldn't be just a one-time prayer that we do here on Graduation Sunday, but we would commit to praying for this group as they prepare for their next steps in life. God, that we would think of them often, that we would even encourage them often through, through mail or care packages or when we see them here at church, encouraging them, whatever that may look like. God, may we remember that we don't stop being their church today because they're graduating, but we continue to be their church, and it's our job to continue to lift them up. So God, I pray that you would bless each person who's up here 
today and whatever life may bring to them. May they always seek you. May they always know your presence in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's clap for them one more time. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Okay, let's do this. I sound a little bit better today than I did last week, right? I actually have my voice today so far. Hopefully it lasts. Um, whoops, can't turn my iPad on. There we go. Okay, are you guys good? I'm good. Graduates, you did it. You arrived. You began on a late summer day in 2008 as kindergartners. 13 years. Over 15,000 hours of school logged. 2,300, give or take, delicious school lunches consumed. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Hours upon hours of homework, <clears throat> studying, tests, zero homework assignments skipped, right? Right, zero skipped. New friendships, broken friendships, dreams and crushed dreams, all leading up to this moment. All leading up to graduation. A moment that is certainly an end, but not the end. A big day, but certainly not the only big day. An arrival, but not the ultimate arrival. There's still so much more for you. Well, in the church calendar, today marks another day that is very much like that. It's a culmination. It's an arrival. It's a big day. It's not Christmas. It's not Easter. We've already celebrated those. But it's a moment that everything was building toward. It's the moment when God's plans seem to come to fruition. His plans for all of people being unified together for one purpose. To be God's temple or God's representation to all of the earth. To be witnesses of the kingdom of heaven here on earth as we talked about last week. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit made available to all people because up until this time, up until Pentecost and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit had been available, it had been made available to certain people for certain set times in their life. But to mark this occasion was to mark the time when the Holy Spirit was made available to all people. It's what Jesus, follow, what Jesus had told his followers about his entire ministry. The thing that he said would be even better than Jesus himself walking on earth. And it happened on Pentecost. A day where, where people from all over had gathered together for this feast, this celebration in Jerusalem. It happened on Pentecost. Pentecost, and the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out and made available to all. Again, this culminating moment, this, this, this time when, when God's plan seemed to come to, to culmination, to fruition, they had arrived. 
But the story of Acts doesn't end in 242 when, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, right? There's this arrival moment of the gift of the Holy Spirit, but that's not the end of the story. There's still more. So it was an arrival point, but it wasn't the ultimate arrival point. In fact, today, as we, as we talked a little bit about last week, in fact, today in the church, Right now, in the year 2021, we continue the story of Acts. So this was an arrival point, the gift of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't the ultimate arrival point. We still live in this today. We still carry out the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what does all this mean? To have the Holy Spirit, what does it mean that that God gifted us with the Holy Spirit? Again, when we look at Scripture, when we look at stories in Scripture, we say, what can we take from these words and from these stories, and how can we use them to shape our lives today? Because the truth is, is that we were included in the all people that the Holy Spirit is available to. It didn't stop then. It's something that we still continue to have access to today. But what does this mean? What does this mean for us Today, Now, throughout Scripture, there are multiple pictures of kind of what it looks like to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit, to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there, there are several Scriptures that we can take a look at, but today I just want to focus in on one short chunk of, of Scripture in Romans 8. We're going to look at what does it look like for us right now to have the gift of the Holy Spirit, to live in the gift of the Holy Spirit, to have a life filled with with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Romans chapter 8, Paul kind of paints this picture of this Spirit-filled life. And he seems to be suggesting that there is more beyond simply our salvation and our justification. There, he seems to be implying that there is more to this life than simply that, that starting point, that moment when we decide to follow Christ and we, we have been justified. We call it being saved, salvation. We use all kinds of words for this. But Paul seems to be suggesting that there's more beyond this. That moment of salvation is, is an arrival point of sorts, but it's not the ultimate arrival point. There is more to this life. We believe that salvation is a huge milestone, right? We celebrate it. When, when someone decides to follow Christ, we celebrate that. But it's not the end. It's not the ultimate arrival point. Paul paints this picture of the, the more, and the more is a spirit-filled life. Sometimes I like to think of this as a house, the spirit-filled life as a house. You buy a new house, and salvation is like the front porch, right? You walk up to the front porch, and, uh, and it's just a beautiful front porch. And the house looks magnificent. But you wouldn't just stand on the porch for the rest of the time that you lived there, right? That would be pointless to just live life on the front porch, Life is about moving into this house and exploring this house, but, but also making memories in this house and living in this house and, and, uh, and, and just living life to the fullest. It's this journey of living in this house. We don't simply stay on the front porch. Likewise, we don't, this doesn't end with just this starting point of salvation and 
coming to know Jesus, there's so much more. It's a journey. So what, again, does this spirit-filled life look like? Paul begins in Romans 8 by talking about how we are no longer slaves to the law or sin. And he talks about since we are no longer in the realm of the flesh, we have righteousness. We're, we're, we're right before God. He also says that in living life in the spirit, we get rid of the misdeeds of the body. Then in verse 15, he says, he uses this phrase, and I want you to kind of tuck this phrase away for just a second. Keep it in your mind. He uses this phrase that says, living a life in the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, it means that we are adopted into sonship. Hold on to that phrase for just a second. We are adopted into sonship. I want to focus in on five or, five or six verses. That's going to be kind of our, the chunk of what we're looking at today. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 22 through verse 27. And Paul says this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So in the beginning of chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, Paul seems to be talking about this very present reality of living the spirit-filled life. But in these later verses that we're, we're kind of focusing in on here, Paul seems to be pointing to something in the future, some sort of future life in the spirit. He talks about the hope that we have, and he talks about eagerly awaiting all things being made new. And then he says that we eagerly await our adoption to sonship. But do you remember what he said in verse 15? He said, living life in the Spirit, we have been adopted into sonship. Later on in these, in these verses, Paul seems to be saying that we eagerly await adoption into sonship. Why is there this seemingly contradiction? Well, I'm not an expert at this, and so I don't pretend to have the answer for why Paul wrote this the way that he did, but I think that something that we can pull from this is this idea that this points to some sort of already but not yet kingdom. This idea of we have something, but we're also looking forward to something else. This already but not yet kingdom. Kind of like the grads have, have already arrived. They've arrived at this point, but they haven't fully arrived yet. They've arrived, but there's still something that they are pursuing and going after. Kind of like a, but wait, there's more kind of kingdom. So what does it look like to live in this life in the in-between? This already but not yet kingdom. Paul seems to suggest that one of the ways that we know we're living in this kingdom is how we respond to a broken world that is held bondage from the fall. See, Paul says that when creation sees this bondage that we are trapped in, it groans. All of creation 
groans. All of creation longs for the day when all is made right. Paul says that to live a spirit-filled life is to join in with that groaning. To live a spirit-filled life is to live in the hope that one day Jesus will bring redemption to all of creation. No more pain. No more suffering. No more death. No more tears. But I don't know about you, but it doesn't take much reading the news and listening to people to understand that we're not there yet. It's not difficult to see that we are not there yet. We're not at that kingdom being fully realized where there is no more pain and suffering. We're not there yet. So what do we do in the meantime? What do we do in life here in the in-between? That hope points us to the not yet aspect of the kingdom, but what about the already? What about right here and right now? Do we passively hope for the not yet? Do we sit by and just long for the the part of the kingdom that is not yet and just do nothing? I don't think that that's the answer because that would would be to go against Jesus' prayer during his ministry when he prayed, your kingdom come, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, meaning here and now. So to sit idly by and passively await for the not yet would be to go against Jesus' prayer. I think that we can gain some insight by looking at the imagery that Paul uses about the groanings of creation. Notice what he says. He talks about the pains of childbirth. No, I'm no expert on childbirth. I've never given birth to a child, believe it or not. I have, however, been close to someone who's given birth four times. So like, I've experienced that side of childbirth. I have a little bit of knowledge of how this goes. If anyone knows anything about Pregnancy, you know that it is anything but a passive sit idly by and wait kind of an ordeal, right? A pregnant mother doesn't just sit idly by awaiting the arrival of the baby, this new life. For the first few months, she is simply trying to survive, hoping that the foods that she has loved for so long don't suddenly turn on her and throw her into some very intimate time with the toilet. Maybe that was a little too much. (laughs) After she survives that, the rest of the time is focused on protecting the baby and providing all of the necessary nutrition to keep this baby healthy. Not to mention the, the final week or two of pregnancy that we've come to know as the nesting time where final preparations are made around the house for this new life. It is very much an active anticipation. This is the kind of anticipation that is required of a spirit-filled life, a life in the already but not yet kingdom. See, we long for a day when Christ makes all things new. But while we wait, we bring about glimpses of that redemption here and now. And I can tell you as a youth pastor, who's celebrating 
my graduates today, but also thinking about the ones who have gone before them and the ones who are coming behind them. Can I tell you that I have a significant amount of hope for our future? Because what I see in them is an unwillingness to just simply sit by and wait for God to fix everything. But they want to get their hands dirty and they see something that is wrong and say, right now, right here, what can we do to bring about the kingdom of heaven on earth today? To not sit idly by and passively anticipate, but to say right here, right now, how can we bring the kingdom of heaven? And so when a global health crisis illuminates inequalities in access to health care, we don't just chalk it up to the way that things will always be. We work to bring about the kingdom of heaven. When entire people groups are still targets of hatred and oppression based solely on the way they look or their religious preferences, we don't just blame it on a heart condition. To live a spirit-filled life is to work to bring about the kingdom of heaven here and now. And when countless number of human beings are still being trafficked for multiple different reasons, we work to bring about the kingdom of heaven. The list could go on and on, but the point is, is that we act. To live a spirit-filled life is to act in the here and now. We understand that Jesus wants to use us right now to work toward our future hope, to bring about the kingdom of heaven here on earth, we do something, even if we don't even know exactly what it is that we should do. Paul talks about how the Spirit intercedes on behalf of us in our times of groaning. You know those times, those times when we don't even know what to say. We know that we need to pray, but we have no idea what to even say, and all we can do is groan. The Spirit speaks on our behalf. I also think that the work of the Spirit is in the midst of those times when we know that we have to act, we know that something has to change because what we are seeing is not the kingdom of heaven here on earth, when we know we have to do something, but we don't even know what to do, the Holy Spirit guides us to appropriate action if we simply submit to that guidance. So grads, you've arrived. But man, there is so much more for you. Church, fair to say that most of us have arrived at some point. Some point of beginning our relationship with Christ, following Christ, walking with Christ. We've arrived, but there is still so much more for all of us. Grads and church, it is my prayer that we will be a people who embrace the tension of the already but not yet. That we would look forward to and long for the day when Christ redeems it all, but that we would also be a people who take seriously the prayer of Jesus, the prayer of Jesus where he says to bring the kingdom of heaven here to earth, here and now, that our actions would reflect those of a people who aren't content with just sitting by and waiting for heaven to fix it all 
but that we would be a people who would do radical things to bring heaven here and now. And so for two minutes, we're going to take time to respond. Respond in quiet, and here's what I would challenge you with. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Speak to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those places where the kingdom of heaven is not here yet, but that there is something that you can do to bring about those glimpses here and now. Take two minutes, and then I'm going to close this in prayer. God, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you saw fit to make us your representation here on earth, to be your temples. God, would you continue to teach us what it looks like to live a faithful life in the Spirit, to be faithful representations and faithful temples here on earth. God, when we see things in our world that are not of the kingdom of heaven, would you break our hearts for that? Would you give us the desire to act now? Even in times when we don't know what to do, God, would you, would you move us to action? To follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit and to act to bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, right here, right now. Now go in the Spirit, the one who makes adoption into sonship a reality now, longing for the day when full adoption into sonship is possible. Go, groaning with creation, but not letting your groaning be enough, making his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. God bless. You're dismissed. Thank you.